Carroll bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still David Carroll. Could go all the way here. Oh, what a goal! Hello, I'm Phil Catchpole and welcome to the final Ringing the Blues of the season. It's a packed show featuring Rob Kuhig, Gaz, Uchi Igpiezu, Oily Sailor and a member of the worldwide Wiccan phenomenon, copyright Rob Kuhig, who has been at nearly every game this season. But first, let's head to Mexico to get the results with Uri, who still delivers even when he is on holiday. Ringing the blues from the Mayan Riviera. My name is Puri, and here are the results for the Championship League. Sheffield Wednesday nil, Nottingham Forest nil, Birmingham City nil, Cardiff City four, Brentford two, Watford nil, Huddersfield Town one, Coventry City one, Luton Town one, Middlesbrough one, Millwall four, Bristol City one. Norwich City 4, Reading 1, Preston North End 2, Barnsley 0, Rotterdam United 1, Blackburn Rovers 1, Stoke City 0, Queen's Park Rangers 2, Swansea City 2, Derby County 1, Wickham Wanderers 1, AFC Bournemouth 0. You know, are you aware of the expression that if a team has nothing to play for, they are on the beach? Well, Cherboy Spanish this week is on the beach. Uh, the same as I am now in the Mayan Riviera. On the beach. En la playa. Beach. Playa. Beach. Playa. On the beach. En la playa. So, we come need Middlesbrough to be en la playa on Saturday. Let's hope for that for the last game of the season. And until next week, I am Uri and back to my amigo Phil Catchpole in England at the Ringing the Blues headquarters. Adios. Bournemouth were the opponents for the last home game of the season. They were already guaranteed a playoff spot whilst Wickham were in desperate need of points and a couple of snookers to try and stay in the championship. Here's what happened. Azik Piazu now on the corner of the penalty area does well, holds the ball up, goes for goal. Oh, what a strike and what a goal from Uchi Igpiezu. Left footed from 22 yards. Asmir Begovic, championship keeper of the season, couldn't prevent that one. And Uchi Igpiezu moves into the lead for the Wickham goal scorers of the season. It's Wickham 1, Bournemouth 0. There's no R next to Wickham Wanderers' name at any time during the season. What a phenomenal achievement that is for this football club. Honestly, uh, you tell me how many teams or how many people would have said we would be relegated by five games to go, four games to go. Not a chance. This club is still fighting right till the, the last whistle on the last day of the season. I said we would be, um, and the boys have, have proved me right. They've been fantastic today, Phil, and, and throughout the season. We learned a lot of lessons in the first half of the, of the year. Um, the fixture schedule was a hell of a thing to deal with. But 
I'm so proud and I'm so excited for the future of this place because, you know, the fans will be back, will be back, believe me, because the way we play today, the names we've got on this uh, on this team sheet now and the names I want to add to this team sheet, we got a hell of a chance. Rob Keurig is, is backing me. Uh, Peter Keurig is backing me. Um, fantastic people to have it in charge. And uh, and I can't wait to get my teeth stuck into next season. But we got a trip to Middlesbrough to, to come. Um, you never know what's going to happen in football. You never know. You know, there's clubs not paying the wages. There's clubs looking at this and that. We've got to finish as high as we can. And it could end up all four teams finishing on 43 points, which would be unbelievable. Um, but we... Uh, we're really happy tonight and uh, like I said, that's for everyone who's give us back in and that goal, wow, Uchi at Pizu, he's super special when he's on it and uh, he's, uh, he's scored a goal worthy to win any game. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday drew, so it means that there's going to be a hell of a, a swing in goal difference. Is it? Is it shooting practice all week? I think we need 14, 15 nil, maybe. We worked. We worked this week for shooting practice. We only got one, Phil. So, um, no, they're, they're a good side. Um, do you know what? We've just beat Bournemouth, you know? The Premier League side last year, their budget must be uh, 20 times what ours is, you know? And and, and uh, Rob will kill me for saying that, by the way, because he, he wants us to be known as a big club. And, and, and I, I'm really excited to be part of this, changing this club now into this championship club that, that people want to see. We want to be we want to be looking at the championship in League One and that's that's phenomenal for Wickham Wanderers. Five years ago we were looking at the trapdoor from for non-league and, and and now we're we're talking about is this a yo-yo club for the championship? How oh, how mental is that sort of talk, you know? So just so pleased, so proud. As always, Phil, the players deserve all the plaudits. They've given me everything. And as a manager sometimes it's easy to take the credit when your boys play like that. They were brilliant. Give it to them because they've been superb all year. Three players lost to injury during the game today. It shows you the depth of the squad you've assembled here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And early on in the season, we probably didn't have that depth. You know, we've we've added uh, a couple in January, but we we uh, we we probably didn't get the balance right right at the start of the season. Um, and um, you know, we learned some lessons. Um, like I say, it's it's nice. It's nice education to have because I believe that this club will be back at this level one day and I'll, I'll know a lot more about this level and, and be better prepared and there's no way we'll, win, we'll, we'll lose the first seven games again and you know, you're talking about one or two points that may be costly and we've had so many decisions to go against us the Derby game absolutely will haunt me forever when Daryl Hogan scores an onside goal and we get the referee saying yeah, you should have had a penalty for Fed on your dimmer uh, those things have, have coming to haunt me but um, like, listen I'm not going to do any negatives today you know me can't wait to get stuck into Middlesbrough next year and after that wow this this club is going places and I'm really proud as always to be the manager love it thanks for everyone who supported us let's go again let's finish on a positive the goal today worthy of winning any game any game any game that, that, if that scored in the Premier League and, and it was scored against the Premier League team by the way because Bournemouth are one of the favourites for the playoffs the, uh, Begovic in goal he's played in the Premier League he's played in the Champions League and, uh, and so that goal by Uchi is just out of this world um, he's so humble he's such a great character and he's so grateful of his chance and all I can say is Uchi you keep doing that for me and uh, 
and I'll be a happy manager. But do you know what? He he gives everything. He gives absolutely everything, and I'm sure there'll be a few eyes opened about um, the form of Uchi uh, Pizza the, uh, the second half of this season. It was a good effort for myself. Unfortunately, went in. Um, but um, yeah, he's a top keeper and he's had a great season. And obviously, both Bournemouth are a massive club, so it's always nice um, to score, regardless. You know what I mean? A lot of people said you'd be like Akin Fenwell when he's time for Wickham. Other fans of other teams and stuff. He's got a lot of goals for Wickham, but I don't think any of them have been from outside the box. I mean, there's at least two or three you've scored from outside the area now. Yeah, Adebayo Kenfema is an amazing player and just to score the amount of goals he scored, I'll do well too, you know what I mean? And um, I've got other aspects of my game and so does he and he's been massive for me and he's, he's making me, he's made me a better player. Oh no, he's coach, coaching off the pitch towards me, like not only mentally, not only in the game, but outside the game as well. So yeah, you know, of course we have similar um, attributes, um, but we're, we're different in our own way. And I'm, I'm Uche Fuzio and Adebayo Akinfema is Adebayo Akinfema, so yeah. Uh, it's been a season hit by injury and, and COVID as well, but you've overcome that and you finished the season strongly. You must be pleased with that uh, personally. Yeah, not only COVID, uh, taught me, you know, tweaks my hamstring. Um, sprained my ankle, like you know, I more or less missed the first half of the season. I couldn't get going um, to come back and um, help this team um, fight to stay in this league. It's been amazing. I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Like I said, with it being stop start at the start of your time here at Wickham, it takes time to settle, doesn't it? Especially yeah. from joining from another league as well. Um, you've got that momentum now. You're already excited about next season. Yeah, definitely. Um, this club's a great club, and it deserves to be in the championship, so we'll see what happens. And you've had Admiral Musquay up with you up top recently. Um, how's that uh, partnership developing? Definitely, he's a good player. He was a great signing and he's, you know, he's lived up to the expectations we, we all thought when he came from Leicester, you know. Um, you don't play for Leicester for no reason. So yeah, he's been, he's been good and he's a good guy too. And going into the final game of the season, Wickham aren't re relegated mathematically. I think they're going to need to at least 14 goals against Middlesbrough. You know, you might have to have a few more shots. <laughs> No, nah, we'll just go and try our best. We, 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 I am so proud of the boys. I'm so proud of everyone affiliated with this club, the supporters, everything. So we'll go and give up the best and whatever happens, happens. But at least we know we haven't le left any stone unturned and that's the most important thing. We can live with that. I could hear the dressing room here after the game finished. It sounded like it was, the spirits were really, really high. Has 40 points triggered a sort of a target that you set as a squad? Um, yeah, for sure. We want to try and get maximum points today. Um, the last game of the season but it's just a team spirit you know special mention you know out to Anthony Stewart um, that block just just shows and it epitomises what Wickham Wonders is about not giving up even when I thought it was definitely a goal to Bournemouth and somehow he's blocked it and that just epitomises everything what this club's about a lot of people wrote Wickham off at the start of the season they were certainly writing Wickham off in January but the team spirit even when things are completely gone has kept you swinging till the end how does that happen? Like I said, it it's, um, stems from the top down, you know. We've all built a foundation as a club. I mean, I'm happy to be part of that, of supporting each other regardless um, of anything. So, yeah, it just comes down to the team spirit. When you sit down, scratching and give me a beat. Two defeats on the bounce for the Cherries, who had won seven in a row before those. Here's what the Bournemouth fans thought of the loss at Adams Park. Fox 27. That was a shameful performance. 
Some of those players have probably played their last match for us. I think the club have chosen a good weekend to boycott social media. Having said that, abuse is never acceptable. But criticism is... Red till I'm dead. What a load of... That was. I get the avoiding injuries thing, but I also believe in momentum. If we make more changes next week and lose to Stoke, we head into the playoffs on the back of three defeats. It makes no sense. I'd rather a winning mentality than pussyfooting through the last couple of games. It'll bite us on the arse. Ken Bailey's ghost. Woodgate rested the players today, but (laughs) unfortunately the 11 on the field were the ones resting. Walmouth. Woodgate has engineered a masterstroke by losing to Wickham and keeping us against Swansea in the first playoff game. He's an effing genius, I tell you. Was AFCB. Jack Wiltshire's legs have finally gone. Injuries have caught up with him. It's actually very sad watching a man who once outplayed Barcelona getting given the runaround by... Wickham Wanderers. The guy needs to get a big contract in some Middle Eastern country, whilst he still can. Mike Brennan. Would it be a fair assumption to say that this Wickham squad spends more time in the gym than on their technical and tactical work? Neil Dawson. Wickham have done wonders to get 40 points in the championship. With that squad, always a cherry. I feel sorry for the Wickham fans not being able to attend any games in what could be their only chance of seeing their team in the championship for a very long time. It will almost feel like it never happened without the memories of actually being there. Cardiff cherry. If Ainsworth stays, I wouldn't write Wickham off in League One next year. They've done pretty well here in the second half of the season. David Whitehead. I hope Ainsworth does stay. I'm sure the Wickham fans feel the same way about him that we did about Eddie Howe. Huge thanks to Vital Len for collating the excellent comments each week and also to the Ringing the Blues Regional Accents Department for bringing them to life so wonderfully. Well, coming up later in the show, we pick the bones out of the season with Oily Sailor. Plus, we hear from Wickham fan Ross Barlow. Now, let's hear from the chairman, Rob Kuhig, who I spoke to on the side of the pitch after the Bournemouth game. We have proven this team deserves to be here. That's what I'm most proud of. Uh, Nobody can say it's a fluke. I mean, you watch the way we play against the best teams in this league, and we're going toe-to-toe with them. You said that you fully expected Wickham to stay in the championship. Um, It's looking hugely unlikely that's going to happen. So, you know, the long-term strategy now kicks in, right? Well, it will if we're not in it, but um, I'm still hopeful. And But look, if it doesn't, I'm over here for a reason. Pete and I have been working on this. Uh, we think we know what to do, and we've worked with Gareth. We've worked with uh, Andrew. We, we have a plan of attack that will bring us back. There's a huge amount to be positive for Wickham fans. I mean, the club's in a fantastic position, even though it's had possibly the toughest year in football that everyone has had to go through. Um, you know, Anis Mermetti, 
Messi is the poster boy of the new development squad that's been brought in as well. It's an exciting time to be a Wickham fan. It, it, I got to tell you, we're very fortunate. We got in at exactly the right and wrong time. You know, you talk about the great developments on and off the pitch. Obviously, the tragedy that was the COVID shutdown. I, I feel bad for the fans. I know the players feel bad for the fans. I know the staff feels bad for them that they didn't get to see us at this level, but they will again. Uh, and the club is in fantastic shape. Uh, I, a little pride of authorship, but I give almost all the credit to Pete. Uh, financially, we're in the strongest position, I would suspect, of almost any club in our league. Uh, we have discipline to what we do. We're going to have a spectacular field on which for our team to perform next year. Uh, the most innovative field probably of all, all teams in the EFL. All of the football world wrote Wickham off before this season started. They were no, writing them off right I'm the way part through. Of that world now, huh? Yeah, it's good, but it's not going unnoticed. Gareth has done a fantastic job. There may well be some clubs looking for a, a hot young manager. Uh, is is that worrying you? Uh, no, Gareth and I have a very specific understanding. We both know that he does a good job. He is going to get other offers. Part of my job is to see that we can make him happy and comfortable here. We think we've given him all the tools he's asked for, particularly for next year. Uh, but, you know, there are some things that uh, money can't buy, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, but if you know me, you know Pete, you know that we're ready and we're doing what we need to do, hopefully to keep Gareth and if not, to be ready to move on. Now, last time we spoke, we talked about Adams Park and the infrastructure changes here and what people can expect. I mean, there was the issue of the training ground this season as well. Has that been resolved? Yes. Uh, and there'll be announcements very shortly. I just happened to meet with the two guys, or two of the three guys who have the present training ground. They have agreed to a long-term commitment. Uh, we have a commitment in Little um, Marlow for a, a very big training ground that will be stated of the art so on that side things are, are going to be popping as well so they're staying put for the for the short term but you've already got the next site for the long term correct and um, and in the short term um, Neil and Pete and Gareth and Kean have already started and we have a plan of what will take place there in the next four months so that when the players show up when you show up Phil to get their interviews it will be a markedly improved place well I'm looking forward to to that. Rob, it's been uh, it's been a weird season. It's been tough to not have the fans here. That seems to be the drive now for everyone at the club to make sure that we can be back in the championship very soon so people can experience it in the flesh. Well, it's certainly my drive and Missy said it certainly better be our drive because she hasn't come over to one single game and she is dying to be here. So we're, we'll be here. Do you remember Ross Barlow, the Wickham Wanderers fan who used to live in the Cayman Islands? He moved to Norway and we helped him sell his quartered boat on Ringing the Blues. Well, it turns out Ross has been at nearly every Chairboys match this season, courtesy of a new role at the club. I caught up with him before the final home match of the season to find out more. Well, Phil, it's uh, good to speak to you again. Uh, my role this season has been terrain manager at the terraining ground. Okay, right. So, first off, terrain manager. So, what, you're looking after the pitch up, up at the top? That's right. We've been looking after the pitch up at the top, but that's not my only job. So, I'm also general dog's body around the training centre. And then on match days, I'm assistant kit man to uh, Steve. 
So Wigan fans who've been watching at home, they may have heard a, a rather enthusiastic voice that sounds a bit like a fan. Um, that's Pete Kuhig, but when you can't hear Pete Kuhig, it's your voice, isn't it? Yeah, I do uh, consider myself the uh, sergeant major of the uh, support there, so I do tend to get a little bit vocal during matches, I have to say. I, I did wonder, because I, I started the season, I heard a voice, and I thought, that sounds like a voice that you would hear on a terrace, and the sort of the language and the things that have been shouted were quite terrorist-like. Um, did someone have to have a word with you this season about that? I have been told to go on a walk to calm myself down when uh, certain decisions have gone against us for the most part, but uh, I try and, and just about toe the line. I am a terrorist well uh, in normal times, and uh, and this time when I knew that the, uh, the season was going to be basically staff only, I managed to wangle myself a, a position uh, in the staff, so that's been been absolutely great although it's been very sad not to have fans and and the experience just hasn't been the same without them i'd uh given the choice i might even prefer the terrace i just love the atmosphere what what we bring to the to the game and just having at least one fan at least me there uh, in the in the well behind the gaffer i suppose for this season has been great have you been able to sort of annoy any opposition managers or players in your position near the dugouts? Oh, absolutely, Phil. I've had uh, words with um, with Brentford's man there, so that's been uh, that's been an ongoing little saga. I've even seen him down at uh, at the uh, extra training pitch uh, down there for a match, so that's been fun. Um, some of the players also, and uh, even some some fans, I think from QPR that uh, JJ mentioned in in his dad's podcast. So it's been uh, there's been a little little bit of back and forth. So how does a bloke then, the first time we met you were living in the Cayman Islands, then you were sort of back in Norway uh, and now you're sort of right in the heart of, of the club. How does this all happen? Story of my life, Phil. It's uh, right place, right time, as much as I can be. And uh, this time I was between jobs in Norway, so I started coming over last summer to uh, do a little bit of help around and, and volunteer. And then when the position came up, uh, basically a new position up at the training ground, uh, Pete Kohig uh, mentioned to me and asked if I'd be interested. And uh, I spoke to my family and, and took the dive. So I've been here all season. And any sort of little nuggets or, or stories of the season. I mean, this will go out after the final game of the season, so uh, any sort of special stories or, or, or anecdotes you've got left from this season? Well, I think I think some of the main ones have been driving players' cars up to games. That's been uh, quite an experience. Um, don't tell them about running over any roadkill, will you? <laughs> but uh, no, it's all been good and uh, and it's been, been really good getting to know the guys and, and just what a great group of players. I mean, look at Bayo scoring his goal and as he said, everyone was smiling, everyone was so happy for him and that's really the spirit of Wickham. And we hear about that spirit all of the time through the interviews and the, and the, and the fans can see it as well. What's it like being part of it? Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's, it's really... It's really an honour to have been a part of this team. I mean, here I've been up on the terrace uh, for, for nigh on 30 years and uh, and just being there with the, with the fans, it, it's been a bit of a... 
an interesting time with, for example, social media. I was very active on social media. I've had to cut that almost right out just because I'm part of the inner circle. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't say some of the things that that I see at the training ground. So, it's it's been an interesting time, but uh, but very re- rewarding. As I say, the only thing that I think would have made it better, apart from a few more points uh, this season, would have been having fans there. Uh, and what's next for you, the international man of mystery? What, what's next? Well, next uh, we'll be back to my kids in Norway. It's my daughter's last year at school, and it's uh, it's time to be back there. But uh, as I say, I'm ever appreciative to uh, to Pete, uh, the gaffer, and everyone associated with the club for for this for this year that I've had here. And Brentford in the playoffs. Are you expecting an invite to Wembley from Thomas Frank? Well, I'm not sure he'd really be so uh, so pleased with that. I think the because uh, I speak Norwegian and he's Danish, so so we have a little bit of banter in the in in the language, and that's uh, that's always been an interesting time. So it's uh, I don't think I'll receive an invitation for that. Surprisingly enough. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one game to go then uh, to complete an historic season for Wickham Wanderers in the Championship. Uh, Duncan Alexander, a.k.a. Oily Sailor, a.k.a. Obta Joe, a.k.a. Mr. Stats Wickham, has been following closely this season as well. Um, well. First off, mate, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, yeah. Just getting over the vaccine this week, but, you know, you, you move on. You, so, you've, uh... been, you've, you've got the, uh, the Oxford vaccine. Well... If 2020 was, uh, you know, the the injection, Oxford-based injection that I enjoyed most was uh, Joe Jacobson's penalty at <laughs> Wembley. This this one possibly less so, although it's having a similarly lasting effect on my <laughs> psyche. It seems. Well, the second leg still to come, mate. So you know, maybe JJ can deliver your second injection. <laughs> that would help, actually. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, right, this season then, it, it's looking unlikely uh, that Wickham will survive. However, with Gareth Ainsworth at the helm, you can never say never. But Wickham needs, uh, by my maths, they need Sheffield Wednesday to win one nil against Derby, Rotherham to not win, but they then need to beat Middlesbrough thirteen nil. Um, now, you're a man who's got the history books at their very fingertips. Thirteen nil away from home in the football league. Um, how hopeful should Wickham Wanderers yeah. fans be? Well, every football club likes to make history and create new stories, and, and that's definitely something that we need because uh, no team's ever done it. In fact, no team's in fact scored more than ten goals away from home in football league history. Um, so that's not the best start in terms of precedent. I mean, the last—I'm uh, scraping the barrel slightly here—but the last thirteen nil win in. English league football was in the second tier. It did involve a team from the North East, Newcastle, although they actually won. They beat Newport 13 0 in October 1946. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's the Newcastle at home and we need it to be wicking away. So yeah, it's not looking not looking likely. Some people might remember that the basically the last team to even get into double figures home or away was was Man City. Uh, against Huddersfield back in in 1987, that was also in the what is now the Championship. So you know there are a few precedents for for big scoring wins, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be happy to be proved wrong, but I can't see Wickham getting into double figures. 
Okay. Do we know Wickham's record victory? I should know this, but um, I'm sure Paul Lewis is screaming now at the uh, at the podcast. Uh, in the football league era, obviously the Burnley game was the was the record when that happened. But there've been obviously five five nil since Northampton away, famously. There we go. There's a bit of a precedent. Um, I mean, obviously the one that springs to mind for Wickham fans will be the Redbridge Forest game in the in the season where we finished joint top, as I like to call it, with Colchester in night one ninety two. And um, yeah, Wickham's goal difference was was not really good enough. They went away to to Redbridge on a midweek. I think it might have been an odd night as well, like a Monday or a Thursday or something. And uh, were they four four nil up really early, and it was it looked like it was on, and then it then it petered out. So. Okay, so nothing to get too overly excited about for Wickham fans uh, in terms of troubling the 13-0. Um, but uh, let's have a look then in, in over the season, uh, your overview mm. of Wickham's first outing at this level. How do you think it's gone? Well, I was saying to someone earlier today that if you'd have said to me last July when the Oxford injection slash goal went in, um, that Wickham would, wouldn't be relegated with a, with a game to go. I mean, that's... That would have been, uh, you know, massively um, surpassing most people's expectations. I think. Obviously, I think a lot of people would have hoped they would have survived. But you know, that it's a very difficult league um, to get into the forties in points. Again, is is really impressive. I mean, that's better than some of Wickham's seasons in in League One. So, um, yeah, I think it's been it's been it's kind of progressed the way we want as well i really i think so that the the last couple of months have been a real kind of improvement i think you see clubs where they end the season pretty badly um and that tends to often carry across to the following season particularly if they've gone down so um i think wickham will go into this summer feeling pretty pretty confident that that they can uh, mount a promotion challenge next season which if you think about it is is again quite nice because also you know every other time we've gone into league one it's been as a promoted team and it's like well let's let's try and stay up and then build from there but you know we we should be one of the better teams in the in the division next year yeah there's a lovely quote from gareth ainsworth saying we're getting relegated into a division that we spent quite a long time trying to get in not that long ago so uh from that point of view it's quite good uh, are you ready for the change of narrative uh, you know there's none of this poor old little wickham next season if they're in league one yeah it's gonna be championship glamour boys demanding <laughs> you know more towels or something i don't know but um yeah it's gonna be i think it will be strange as well i mean obviously we've managed to really improve the squad over the last uh, year and that's gonna I think probably change the way that they we can approach games a little bit in the championship but uh oh, sorry in league one but you know it's we're gonna cross paths with some old friends no doubt so uh even including the Ed Sheeran sponsored Ipswich and and others so yeah it's uh I'm quite looking forward to it really yeah, I saw that. I'm thinking perhaps Howard Jones will step up to the plate and uh, and we'll have uh, yeah Howard Jones across the front of the quarters next season. Yeah, I mean you could argue every League One team should be forced to have a, a local musician sponsor their team. It could. You know, <laughs> be good. Um, we're looking into, into perhaps, you know, the unknown of League One next season, the smaller squads. Wickham will have an extra player, etc. Um, but I'm thinking about Wickham, you know, to go again about this, we're no longer the smallest club. Um, the weight of expectation, I can't remember the last time Wickham were at that level and sort of a fancied team. We have to go back quite a long time, don't we? 
Yeah, I mean, I think maybe maybe when we dropped down to League Two once or twice, um, not always, often it was, <laughs> club was in a pretty bad way. But I think that maybe the time we went down under Waddock, um, there was obviously a little bit of uh, continuity, maybe. Did we go down under him and back up? can't remember, actually. So long ago. But there was definitely one time where we were we were kind of fan- fancy to bounce back, and we did. Um, so... I mean, I think what you're probably looking at the the likely lineup of the uh, League One next season. I think we can probably be what six, fifth, sixth, seventh sort of favourite. So, um, but like like you say, that's a, a pretty nice position to be in for once. And back to this season, it was the international break that Gareth Ainsworth brought in the the three at the back, which has um, brought on a, a decent run of form. And the amazing stat that Wickham got 51% possession in a match, uh, which I think was the first time has happened for a very, very long time indeed. Yeah, it's disappointing, really, if you think about it. It's these, you know, club <laughs> ethos is not there to be just squandered in, uh, you know, in league games. But yeah, fair, fair play. I mean... Stylistically, I think Wickham probably, you know, I think modern modern league campaigns are very much kind of um, split into sections. You know, like it might be thirty eight games in the Premier League or forty six in in a football league, but really, it's it's a kind of mini selection of different campaigns. And I think Wickham, you can see that in the way Wickham kind of approach matches. And um, you know, I think the first few months were a bit. Daunting, and obviously the defeats to home one to Swansea and away to Blackburn were particularly kind of, you know, uh oh, this could be bad. <laughs> but, but if you actually look at some of the numbers this season, yes, some of them Wickham away you'd expect them to be. I mean, in terms of passing accuracy, you know, fifty four percent is is pretty low. But next low is Barnsley with fifty eight. You know, and they could well go up to the to the Premier League. Um, similarly, Wickham's possession, the only team overall under forty percent. Um, and if fans of through balls, if be they from John Cornworth or, or Steve McGavin, might be saddened to learn Wickham have only actually played three this season compared to 52 for for Norwich. But if you delve a bit deeper um, into the stylistic stuff, what I think it shows you is that Wickham were were playing kind of to to their their maximum in a lot of ways, and they were doing everything right. They possibly just didn't have players to finish it off. Uh, or at least till the latter stage of the season. I think we've seen the the conversion rate um, increase quite a lot in the last few weeks. But if you look at something like high turnover, so that's basically winning the the ball from the opposition in in their defensive third, essentially. So you know the the kind of high press that has been brought in or popularised a lot by managers like Guardiola and, and Klopp. Wickham actually fourth in the championship this season with three hundred and fourteen. Uh, Barnsley, Luton, and and Middlesbrough, interestingly. Um, given the last game of the season, are, are above them. So, um, so that's pretty good. You know, that's playing on the front foot. It's a quite aggressive sort of style. The difference is that what you do when you win the ball back, you know, the, the most um, uh, the most goals from, from that situation, you've got Cardiff, you've got Norwich, and you've got Stoke. So they, you know, overall they won fewer than Wickham in that position, but they, when they did do it, they possibly had players who could capitalise a bit more quickly, particularly obviously Norwich. So, um, yeah, it's not like Wickham were just kind of outclassed. And sometimes you look at numbers for teams that, that get relegated and you can just kind of see, you know, they've just been, been awful. Like, you know, there's been a, like Huddersfield when they're in the Premier League, their second season, they just, they had nothing really. I mean, they should have probably 
just quit halfway through the season, although I am hated by Huddersfield fans now for some reason, so um, probably shouldn't venture down that avenue. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, Wickham actually, stylistically, yes, they are, you know, fairly direct, but they always have been in the current era. But but they don't kind of stand out when you look at a lot of the underlying metrics as a team that really, you know, didn't fit into the championship. They actually sit pretty neatly alongside, you know, teams like Barnsley and Luton, who you know, uh, both established championship teams now and one of whom might be might be in the Premier League next season. Yeah, staggering for Barnsley and also the model, I think, that the Wickham should be basing their championship life upon perhaps. It was Rotherham at the start of the season, but they haven't really made that great a fist of their third or fourth uh, outing in recent times. Yeah, I think Rotherham are the, are the example of a team who, who did a Wickham a few years ago and have, have kind of leveraged that into the quality of squad that can, you know, always get them in a really promotion battle in league one. But yeah, they've, they've yet to take that next step, but you look at Barnsley and they've obviously, you know, they've brought in um, certain, you know, recruitment processes with the, with the owners and obviously with someone like Daryl Dykes made a massive impact. And, you know, I think what we're seeing now is that scout well it's not just now but quite a lot recently is that teams that can kind of scout effectively and and also just buy players that that really fit into the style of play that that the uh that the team play I think Wickham have done that really well someone like Igbiezu who you know has had a bit of a hit and miss career at some other clubs but he really really fits the fits the style I remember Gareth saying how they took a long time to to kind of you know teaching what he needed to do for this team specifically rather than just as a player. And I think that's where, you know, you look at teams like Brentford, you look at, um, you know, lots of teams around the game now where recruitment is is just done really well and they, they fit players in really well. It's not a case of like just going out and buying Dave Farrell and John Williams because they've been the Premier League, so... <laughs> Those were the days. Uh, it feels like a, a season of transition for strikers for Wickham because Akinfem were the Football League uh, era top goal scorer for the club. It does feel like the baton has been passed on to Uchik Piazu. Uh, although, uh, did you have a tear in your eye when, when Bayo got his championship goal? Yeah, very much so. I mean, that, that game, the end of that game was very reminiscent of, of a League One game, wasn't it, in the last couple of years where... Wickham sort of turned it around and a late goal at the Valley end. And um, I guess it was slightly surprising that he took it, but he he looked, you know, incredibly calm about doing so. And it, it was never really in doubt, was it? And, you know, that, I mean, I guess the fact that Wickham are probably going to go down by, by three points or, or fewer is, is going to rankle slightly, isn't it? Because yes, they've done well, but, you know, you look back then and you do start to think, oh, just, just that. And it's, it, and we all know it doesn't work like that because if you change one result, then that changes something else. Or, you know, maybe maybe Ipiazu had got injured scoring the winner in the game that we didn't win in real life or something. Do you know what I mean? So it's not an exact science, but yeah, it, I guess there will be a, a slight case of what could have been. Absolutely. I mean, I've been looking at it and thinking, wow, what a performance over the season seven games without anything really and then we've made a fight of it to the very last game and there is that creeping element of what ifs and and without wanting to sound too much like Gareth Ainsworth um, the referees haven't been kind but then I guess that could be said across the entire piece of the division as well 
But you know, we can't not uh, have you on the podcast and, and talk about those plucky underdogs, Peterborough, whose season of vengeance uh, came to a climatic head with a dramatic penalty that has seen them uh, fired back into the championship. Um, they've had a couple of years up there as well, and I think Wickham have um, have surpassed both of them, or, or at least two of their three three recent times in the championship. Yeah, they've had five overall, so a couple in the early nineties, then uh, a few in the early 2010 so they kind of did a did a Wickham in a sense in that they came up in in uh 2009 uh got relegated in bottom place with only 34 points um and letting in 80 goals I mean that is I mean one of the worst records I've ever seen (laughs) they obviously (laughs) then regrouped uh had another couple of rounds of vengeance juice uh and then got promoted the following season from from league one um and then scrapped their way to an this is what's amusing, right? So in in 2011-12, they scrapped their way to 18th um, uh, with 50 points, pretty low Good. scoring points total. But yeah, you know, um, you know, drinks all round. And then the following season, they actually won two more games and got four more points, but came 22nd and have yet to return until until now. So I mean. I mean, I must admit, given what I've read online and in East Anglian regional newspapers, I did expect them to have a much more checkered history in the second tier. But you know, five seasons is is more than more than some teams, I suppose. So um, I'm sure the the international TV audience will be delighted to have the uh, the Fenland big guns in the second tier next season. But all uh, rivalries aside, it's a great achievement uh, for them to get out of League One, although slightly marred by the penalty. I mean, if that foul on Schmodix is a penalty, then they're going to have to give at least four of those a week on Strictly Come Dancing, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is funny this season, isn't it? I mean, you've got Premier League fans saying, we just uh, we just want far gone. And you've got Football League fans going, oh, we probably would have had eight more points if we'd had VAR. And, and that kind of does get to the heart of the debate in that, VAR only came in because people complained about referees so much, um, and now they complain about VAR. So there's there's no perfect solution. We're all, you're always going to get you know shafted at some point. You just got to hope it evens out. Exactly, and with a foot in both camps. I mean, obviously your professional life is very much sort of uh, assessing the top tier of the game, where VAR has been sort of rampant and uh, making the headlines for for mostly the wrong reasons uh, of recent times. The Championship without VAR, but Gareth Ainsworth very vocal about referees. Um, I'm I'm kind of on the side of I'd rather not have it because it just takes away the that moment of passion on the terrace when the ball does hit the back of the net, and then. You see in the Premier League now, everyone's uh, looking at the screen. I mean, I think we shouldn't have it. What do you reckon? I can see both arguments. Really. I, I I think that it's been applied pretty badly in the UK. So I think that, you know, what people don't realise is that different VAR referees in the, in the headquarters have different... It's a bit like, do you remember the old... Uh, Amiga computer games like kickoff and stuff you'd have like a strict ref and then a really lenient ref it's, a, it's a slightly like that if you get the strict VAR guy then his it can make a big difference um, but you think back to like the the Jacobson corner classic corner Olympic goal against Millwall that was disallowed for, for pretty much nothing and I think yeah I mean I, I think it is good if, particularly for smaller clubs to have that kind of um I guess that kind of uh, you know way they can get stuff reviewed mid-game because generally what does happen if you don't have it is the the bigger teams do 
um, tend to kind of benefit overall. Well, I've learned this season that teams score their officials and uh, the officials find out about this. So uh, in a way, um, I think the team who has given the best scores for officials over the season was bizarrely table-topping Norwich City. Uh, and I think oh. as the further you go down the table, those scores get, get worse. So I'm not sure that's a particularly decent system either. No, no. It, yeah, it works on Uber, but less so for referees. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Wickham's uh, referee rating is, but perhaps that has influenced as the season has gone on. But I'll have to find out over the summer. Um, so, what does the summer hold for you, mate? I mean, is it is it strictly focusing on international football now and uh, the dizzy heights of the Euros? Yeah, we've just launched a, a new website called uh, theanalyst.com, um, which is kind of like a fan-facing website that covering all sort of you know analytics about not just football but all sports really um so we're going to be putting, doing quite a lot of stuff on there but yeah as you say the euros are the are the big thing i think it's going to be quite a strange euros with five substitutes per game and 26 man scores i think there's going to be quite a lot of rotation and things like that but i think you know it's been obviously 3 years now since we've had an international tournament and with you know, we, we all know, we saw in 2018 how they can kind of bring people together. And I think it would be quite nice for for not just England, but all around the continent for people to have a, a kind of summer tournament to, to focus on as hopefully things start to get more and more back to normal. Yeah, indeed. Hopefully England will have a good showing and then we'll be ready for, let's call it, a, a, a campaign in League One, bar any financial uh, misdemeanours as well uh, in, in the Championship, which may be played out across the summer. Um, so this time next year, when we'll be sat here reviewing uh, next season, uh, where do you fully expect Wickham to have ended up in League One? It's a good question. I mean, I mean, champions by March is pushing it maybe, but I think, <laughs> I think top top six is definitely, uh, is definitely realistic. I think you look at, you know, say say we come down with Sheffield Wednesday uh, and and Rotherham. I think Wednesday might beat Derby. Um, we've got nothing to fear from from those two teams. Um, yes, there are some legacy giants in League One, but the longer it goes on, I mean, do, do they want to get promoted or not? Um, so yeah, I don't think there's much to fear. Um, and you know, like it or not. This season has shown that even if you are operating at your highest ever level and all that, ultimately, people there were points during the season where Wickham had lost five or six in a row, and it, people it was getting a bit bleak, wasn't it? I mean, basically, being in a division where you win more than you lose is always quite fun. Something. And will we expect to see you at, um, in the words of Rob Kuhig, uh, the greatest stadium experience in the UK at Adams Park? Will you be coming to enjoy Very that? Much so. Very much so. And also, we need, obviously, um, I was going to be doing the QPR away co-coms, wasn't I? Oh, indeed, yeah. Which yeah. Got, got COVIDed up. So, yeah, let's uh, hope we can we can do some of that as well. Well, I mean, I'm always an advocate for putting the fans first, but I must underline that the press box is not the finest press box in the Championship. It certainly won't be in League One either. So the view's not great. Uh, you'll be peering over the amazingly dugouts we have, but, uh, but it'll be great to have you on board for next season. I I started my Adams Park days watching through those dugout, dugouts, handing <laughs> opal fruits to Martin O'Neill. So, you know, it's, it, we've, we've all done our time. So. 
Well, that, that is an apprenticeship worthy of, of any commentary. <laughs> and to, to touch back on Martin O'Neill very briefly, if we go back to VAR as well, one of my favourite um, O'Neill rants was all about the referee, Philip Don, and I still remember his name to this day. And with, if VAR was there, then we'd have been denied of that. So, you know, again, another another nail in the coffin for VAR there is that, you know, Martin O'Neill ranting about refs. Perhaps Gareth has got to be a bit more creative as he, as he rants about refs. Yeah, O'Neill was the master and he kind of pioneered the the blog culture pre the internet, didn't he? By basically printing an uh, angry letter from someone in his programme column and, and destroying them bit by bit. So, uh, yeah, it's good. There we are. Well, mate, enjoy the summer and uh, we'll uh, no doubt get you back on next season as Wickham uh, on their season. Can we call it a season of vengeance? It's not really, doesn't really suit our style, does it? What's, what, no, I think what, what, something like... It? League One party season or something like that, I think. (laughs) Well, there we are. I'll let you swan off into the summer months, mate, and we'll see you next season. Many thanks to Oily Sailor for his time this week, along with Rob Kuhig, Uchi Igpiezu, Gads and Ross Barlow. Also, thank you to everyone who has contributed, listened to and even sent in comments about Ringing the Blues. It's all been gratefully received. In what has been a weird and remote season for a lot of you, I hope that these pods and the commentaries on I Follow and BBC Three Counties have provided a little bit of comfort in these tough times. From New Zealand to Mexico, from Iceland to Argentina, it's been a privilege to deliver a little bit of Wickham down the line for you. Enjoy the summer, take care, and come on you blues. <laughs>